Hey everyone, welcome to the PC Perspective Podcast. This is episode 550, being recorded Wednesday, July 17th, 2019. I'm Jim Tannis. I'm Jeremy Hellstrom. I'm Josh Walrath. I'm Sebastian Peake. And we're glad you could join us. Uh, I'm uh, still not feeling great, and I look even worse. So I'm a uh, just an avatar this week. So I'm the the talking square or the talking image in the lower right corner. But uh, uh, I'm glad to be here with you. And uh, sorry I missed you guys, uh, missed being part of the show last week. But we do record Wednesday nights usually at 10 p.m. Eastern. That works out to about 2 a.m. UTC with daylight savings. And uh, you can join us at pcper.com slash live, where we have the embedded YouTube stream and uh, chat or the uh, or you could also join us in our discord we have a invite link to the discord in all of our uh, podcast show notes so check that out at bcpro.com slash podcasts and uh, if you want to know when we go live so you don't miss a show for the weeks that were off of our normal schedule you can go to pcpro.com slash subscribe where you join our mailing list we use this only to notify you an hour or so before we're about to go live uh, so you can check that out and of course you, you can unsubscribe at any time we don't use it for any purpose other than to notify you uh, if you want to uh, help us out here, we've got the Patreon campaign at pcper.com slash Patreon. I'm sorry, patreon.com slash pcper, uh, where you can make a monthly donation to help uh, the cost here. If, if you do things like run an ad blocker or you just want to add some extra support, this is a way to do that. And as part of that, we have the uh, the little deal where if you become a new patron during the show or if you increase your, your existing pledge during the show, uh, change your name in Patreon before you do that. I'll get a notification and I'll read out I'll, I'll read out your name if that's what you want or anything else you put in that name field. And we've actually got a couple here. Um, this one came in last week. I think it was during the show, but I didn't notice it till after because I wasn't really uh, involved in the show uh, itself. So I apologize. But uh, Ken likes butt stuff. Raised their pledge last week, so thank you, uh, thank you for that. And, <laughs> yes, uh, thank you so much. This is, and, I wonder if he's uh, listening tonight. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Not Jim that Bass. there's anything wrong with that, but if you knew Ken, he's he's mm-hmm. and, he's uh, a straight arrow. Yeah. Yes, he is. And uh, another pledge this week came in: uh, Jim Bastian, the Conqueror, formerly known as Darth Malventano, increased their pledge this week. So, thank you both nice. guys. There Appreciate it. Uh, every little bit helps. And then, of course, we've also got our merchandise store at JoshTech.com. That's J-O-S-H-T-E-K-K, and that's our Teespring store where we've got T-shirts, mugs. Uh, posters. Uh, you can pick up a, a shirt or a mug or something there. We get a little bit of cut. You get something cool. So we appreciate that uh, over there as well. It's joshtech.com. All right. Well, let's jump into the show this week. It's going to be a little bit of a lighter show. We have all that AMD news from last week and uh, not as much. You mean uh, almost three hours long wasn't enough <laughs> last week before yeah. you edited? Yeah, it was almost the raw. Raw file was just short of three, and then it came out to just over two with uh, with edits and stuff to kind of keep it manageable. Oof. So uh, we should be shorter this week, but let's uh, d- dive in. We've got first up a review of some motherboards. Uh, Gigabyte has their complete line of Oris motherboards. Now, they offer motherboards for both Intel and AMD, and these are the Z390 boards, the Oris Pro for, of course, Intel processors. Uh, Sebastian had the both the Pro ATX and the Mini ITX versions of these, and he was able to do a bit of a quick review. And uh, why don't you tell us, uh, you know, how did uh, how did you uh, find these boards, Sebastian? Well, actually, the, the the impetus behind this was that I've been using these pretty much nonstop since I got them. We got them early in the year, and at this point, I have done case reviews, like 
numerous case builds, if it called for mini ITX or even the micro ITX cases, I use the mini ITX board, all the ATX stuff. And then with the, the big Ryzen launch, I used the Aorus uh, Z390, the ATX board, as the test platform for all the Intel processors that are appear on every one of the benchmarks. So these have been in heavy rotation around here. And the sort of interesting thing about them is not only the mix of features you get for a pretty aggressive price for a premium Z390 platform. If you price these out, the cheapest Z390 board you can find on Newegg anyway, when I looked the other day, was $100. So then for the high end, you can easily get up to 500 I even saw a couple. I know there's that one gigabyte board that has the built-in water blocks. It's around $700 or $800. But there is a few boards in like the four to $500 range. But if you don't need every last bell and whistle, you get quite a bit. Or the ATX version of the Aorus Pro is 189 on Amazon. And the mini ITX uh, is the 390i Pro Wi-Fi. That's 165. So for that kind of cash, that's not bad. If you've thought about previous generations of, of the Z series motherboards from Intel, uh, I've personally paid generally the cheapest one I could find, like mini ITX especially was around 130, 140. Had the features I wanted, and then you get more robust power delivery, better features if you go higher. But for the money, these these have really good specs and very good build quality. They do the things like the armored PCI Express slots. And one of the little things about this that I like the most, actually, and it's a little thing, but for somebody who's swapping DIMMs quite a bit, having clips that push down on both sides of a DIMM, like an old school motherboard, is great. And I haven't had that in a while. I don't think I've seen an Intel board in a couple of years. I didn't have one here that didn't have one of those like solid... um, mounts on one side and then a clip on the other you have to kind of angle it in and and pulling them out you you always hear like a little bit of that like pin chatter against the dim and it freaks me out so it's great for me anyway to be able to actually lift it all the way out but the the remarkable thing about these and this is one of them right here this is the uh, z390 pro the atx board is it's 100 percent reliable in every Every day I've ever used it, I've had zero blue screens with this, even through GPU swaps and CPU swaps, swaps and memory swaps and using different SSDs. I've never had it crash back to the BIOS and have to reset itself or reject memory or have any kind of cooling or VRM issues. And there's plenty of space around the VRMs to mount various coolers, even though I'm using one here. This is the uh, Cooler Master 212 uh, RGB Black Edition, but even coolers that don't have quite the the clearance of something like this. Uh, even the mini ITX one, if you look at the pictures in the review, there's a bunch of space. It's like a big square around the CPU, which is what you'd want. So even the Argon series AR11 cooler from Silverstone, which is a big square that fills up every millimeter of space you have available, fit perfectly down in on that board. So intelligent design, good performance. I didn't include a bunch of benchmark numbers just because... Everything I've reviewed this year that used Intel used one of these two boards. But that was just basically my endorsement of these is that they're surprisingly reliable and compared to the competition, they're pretty, you know, competitively priced. So is it kind of interesting to see that Intel boards are actually less expensive than a somewhat comparable AMD board? Yeah, I'm 
Because that's a pretty I, pretty nice X390 for 190 bucks. Yeah. And then you, and if you go yeah, across... Exactly. Like X five seventy, X five seventy, and it's it's going to be seventy five bucks more. Yeah. Do you think that's all chipset with the X five seventy chipset? Is that more robust board design? Like I, the boards I've handled seem about the same as an Intel board as far as like how many layers the PCB is and yeah, I, th- I think I think the chipset is quite a bit more expensive. <clears throat> um, you got a cooler bolted on there too. Yeah, I I don't know what else. I mean, you know, probably a lot of the PCI 4.0 compliant um, physical layer stuff is more expensive. Tolerances probably a lot tighter, requiring you know multiple uh, extra layers in the uh, in the actual PCB. So when you put all that together, it probably makes sense that they are more expensive per you know kind of feature point. Because yeah, PCIe 4.0 is it's interesting, and Which we're going to find out firsthand. a lot of interesting things about it throughout the rest of the summer. Yes, like PCIe storage. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, these boards aren't new, as Sebastian said, uh, but they he's been using them all year and realized how good they are. So that's that's the prompting for this review is is that he had enough experience in. That's a lot of good stuff to say. So, uh, editor's choice for the Gigabyte Aorus Z390 motherboards. All right. And uh, we just had a, a new patron. Uh, Ooh. This one, and I, I, I promise you, this wasn't my mom, but the, the name for the patron donation, Patreon donation was Just Take My Money and Keep Up the Good Work. So, thank you very much. <laughs> what, but was it directed at Jim? It didn't, it didn't say Jim specifically. That's true. It didn't. But um, oh, I don't think it came from your mom, unless she would have intentionally excluded. Could have been like, Sebastian's mom. It could have been. Yeah. Maybe that's that's yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, if it was Jeremy's mom, uh, she would have paid us in toques. True. <laughs> and maple syrup. Yeah. Yeah. That, not such a bad deal. Maple syrup is just not cheap. Real, real stuff. The gallon price sure in Michigan, is. anyways, is pretty high. Just got to head back to uh, Quebec to get it. Yep. Three one-liter cans usually run me about eight or nine bucks Canadian at Christmas time. Oh, that's cheap. Oh yeah, like five dollars in America. One here in yeah, you couldn't get one of those dollar, here in Vancouver. That's uh, what seventy-five per dollar. Yep, seventy-seven cents U.S. Uh-huh. is one Canadian dollar. God, they've been hanging out there for the last 30 years. They made a run at us for one time in like hey, 2008. Hey, we were worth more than you for a bit. Yeah, but then mm-hmm. 2016 or so. And look how, look how shrunk suddenly. <laughs> look how the pound has fallen. Remember when the pound was at least $2 and now it's like yeah. dollar like 30 well, That was back before they asked America to hold their beer and show them how stupid they could be. All right. Well, let's not, let's, let's not let's get, get political. <laughs> let's not alienate a portion of our audience. Some of well, whom are there, in there. There goes half the Patreon. Uh, but you know what? I I've been to England once and I liked it a lot. I was walked around yeah. downtown Cambridge, and I was charmed by it. Oh yeah, lovely place. Lots of lots of places in the world are lovely. But uh, all right, let's uh, let's move on. We, we sort of teased PCIe. At the end of that, uh, PCIe 4.0 at the end of that. But before we jump into that, because uh, we do have a few stories on that, uh, an AMD-related uh, story here. 
uh, last week, the rumors of the Radeon 7's demise uh, sort of came out. There was a report from video cards that uh, they, from their channel partners that AMD has discontinued production of the Radeon 7. You know, th- this doesn't necessarily, I mean, it's, I don't think there's been any official confirmation here, uh, but it's not, it's not terribly surprising, right? Considering um, the, you know, the new architecture that's coming out, the, the awkward placement of this card initially. But what, you know, what do you, Sebastian, you, you reviewed this card. What do you guys think about, uh, about this report? I look at, and I'm holding the card, of course, and I'm looking at the architecture. RDNA is so impressive, what they're able to do with what I think some skeptics at the beginning were thinking was some sort of respin of graphics core next again. And that architecture has been in place for seven plus years now. And you had IBAN with memory in the Radeon 7, which they did a very, they, they tried very hard to sell the idea of a graphics card that needed, needed to have 16 gigabytes of memory. Like what are all the possibilities you can do? Like super sampling and running at ultra yeah, high damn near so, one terabyte per second of data throughput. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. That 16 gigs. That's, and I'm not saying this won't still be sought after as like the ultimate Hackintosh card or the ultimate OpenCL or just compute task solution. But if you're looking at it just from a gaming standpoint, which is most of what we do here, it costs the same as an RTX 2080. It doesn't do any real-time ray tracing if you care about that. But that starts to matter a little bit when it's like priced identically. If this had come out at $599, you could say, look, Forget about the RGX tax. This thing can perform just as well as it if the game's optimized properly and it's $100 less. But it came out at $699. It's still at $699. I think I've seen it at as low as $669, but that, that sale is gone. That was an Azeroth card on Newegg that sold out. And this is starting to sell out everywhere. And that supply chain rumor was that there weren't going to be any more. AMD's only comment about that to, I think, Tom's hardware was that we see the supply chain is still being strong or some words to that effect. They didn't deny it. They didn't say it was still in production. It's a little odd that after only five months they'd EOL it, but seeing the results from the 5700 XT, I'm thinking you just release a bigger version of Navi and you don't need this card and you can be a lot more price competitive because you're not using HPM2. Josh, don't you think that was a lot of the problem with pricing on this is that you put 16 gigabytes of HPM2 in a graphics card and it's, it can't be a $499 graphics card anymore for them to make any margins on it. No, I mean, it's uh, you got the Interposer there that costs like 20 or 30 bucks, and then you got the four stacks HBM memory, and those are those are pricey. That gets up into, you know, I guess, around 120 bucks, and then you've got. The Vega chip itself, it's seven nanometers, so it's you know it's it's more per wafer that they're spending to get these, even though it's an older design, um, and it's still a pretty large chip. Uh, it's it's not, you know, it's what four hundred and some odd millimeters squared, I think. Um, and then you got to put it all that together into one actual working chip interposer memory group and that's extra money and once you start adding in you know pcbs are only you know 15 bucks for a pretty complex pcb and then you got all the power components and all the cooling in that and when then you start looking at amd has a markup of their own that they then send it to the 
the uh, you know distributors, the the, the Asus's and the Azrocks, and and they essentially just then put a sticker on that card and put a little margin on what they paid for it, and then they send it out, and it just yeah at. Six ninety nine, they're making some money. At four ninety nine, nobody's really making any money, and it's hot, and you know it still pulls a lot of power, and nobody uses sixteen gigs unless you're a content creation person, and there are content creation people who love this card because oodles of extremely fast low latency memory, and yeah, that's great, and relatively good drivers for it that amd has you know stepped up quite a bit and in a lot of these professional applications that that will actually utilize that but gamers who want to have good performance well you look at the rtx 2070 super and the rtx 2080 if if you're willing to spend that kind of money you're going to get a lot more for your money with those two cards yep yeah that's the problem if you're platform agnostic it wasn't the best deal to get a Radeon 7. It was, you could find benchmarks like Far Cry 5 where it would be tied with the 2080, depending on the 2080, of course. And I tested a Founders Edition. That's the thing that's right here. So, of course, the Founders Edition is clocked up higher and costs more. So, this would be a $799 card versus a $699 card. So, I mean, there are arguments to be made, I guess, about the whole value proposition. And there's definitely a point when people question. The use of Founders Edition cards on NVIDIA's side when AMD doesn't have Founders Edition cards necessarily. Although they did have Frontier Edition at one point, but uh, in liquid-cooled versions. It would have been sweet to see a liquid-cooled version of this, of course. But already, if you've invested in this card, then it seemed like people were looking for reasons to justify the, all the extra memory. And like you said, if you're a content creator, and this is, this is all from the gaming standpoint, if you're a content creator, then it's fantastic because you run Adobe applications which can take advantage of this and you're just accelerating the heck out of whatever you're doing. That's great. And it's too bad that something like, I, mean, I was going to say it's too bad that something like this isn't in a Mac because of how it takes advantage of the AMD architecture, but it is because the Vega 2 is two of these things on one PCB and it's just massive. It's like this massive 500 watt GPU with two of these uh, 64 CU GPUs on it and even more memory. So, you know, that's great. You buy the Mac Pro at however many thousand dollars your configuration is and you're still going to have Vega 2. This will live on, but maybe not on the PC side of things. Because Apple is not going to embrace NVIDIA probably as long as their CEOs remain in their current positions. So, you know... Graphics Core Next lives on with HBM2 on Macs, but on PC, GDDR6, more than fast enough, and Navi is pretty incredible for what it can do with 40 CUs and 36 CUs. And that's just for now. Yeah. You know, what, whatever mm-hmm. coming down the pipe is going to be even better. Yeah. Like this car, and, and they're not super power efficient. I mean, this has still got a. Or uh, an eight pin and a six pin on it, and it's somewhere in like the two hundred and twenty five, two hundred fifty watt range. I think this one's rated for two hundred twenty five watt board power. But you know, you, you go right back up to three hundred watts again, like a Radeon Seven. But with this architecture, you're, you're going to be outperforming a twenty eighty 
handily. And now we have to worry about like the whole supercards, and it's it's very interesting. Like what's going on in the GP world is interesting because of Navi. It would not be interesting if all we had to look at was a seven hundred dollar Radeon Seven on graphics cards. Is my opinion. All right, great. Uh, so uh, why didn't do... I know about World of Tanks Encore? Where the hell have I, I been? It's well, out to sea. It's the sad thing is, as beautiful as this looks, especially on the ultra settings where there's a different set of textures that loads, it is not in the actual game. This is not, it's just a concept. I thought it was going to be integrated into the game by this year, but I don't know what's going on with it. Yeah, it sounds like next generation they're going to eventually do it, but not right at this moment. Universe of tanks. Yeah. Are you big into the, I thought your game was uh, Warships. Yeah, I do warships, and I mean the the engine looks nice, mm-hmm. but I mean no the, matter what hardware you throw at it at ultra settings, it runs seventy six to seventy seven frames per second, no matter what. They they just kind of cap it out there. Okay, because there's there's what are they're all they're all the world of games are they all the same engine? The is it tanks, planes, and warships? I think they've they've diverged. Quite a bit, just because of, of of some of the realities of the physics and, and the design and and distance and what the you know the the kind of play player base is. Um, I think that they've all kind of forked, but I mean they they all use like an auto desk type world building thing, and yeah, you know, there's there's probably code that goes across, but I think that they've kind of got them separated into three different groups, and they're bifurcating trifurcating if you will all right well so if you want a radeon 7 go get one now yeah and i think amd.com is about the only place to get it they don't have the anniversary edition left the red one but the other night when i looked they still had them in stock for 6.99 and nobody else did and amazon third party was already starting to bump up the prices by about a hundred dollars or more all right. Well, well, now we're going to take a quick break to thank our sponsor this week, and uh, that is Clear. Now, if you've been listening to the podcast, you know that they've been a sponsor a few times so far this year, and uh, absolutely love these guys because Clear is about helping you get where you want to go faster. For for better or worse, security screening is a part of the experience at public venues like airports and stadiums. And uh, at the same time, things like biometric security is becoming more common. Biometric security is basically using you as your ID. And Clear is a company that's sort of at the forefront of this, this change in the way that we, we stay secure, but also stay convenient and, and get through these security lines faster. Clear turns you into your ID, and uh, that helps you with just the, the scan of your fingerprints or the look into the sensor of, with a retina scan, jump right through security, get where you need to go, catch your plane, get to your seats at the stadium faster. Uh, here's, here's how it works. You go to a location there's over 50 in the united states airports and stadiums go to a location that ha- that is partnered with clear there's a security checkpoint there there's the regular line and there's the clear line once you're a clear member you go into the clear line you leave your wallet with your id in, in your your pocket or your purse your bag scan your fingers and a clear representative or a clear ambassador uh, takes you right to the front of the line you still have to go through security but you go right through because they you've already proven who you are you're already enrolled in this secure biometric service. To sign up is easy. Go to clearme.com slash PCPer. That's C-L-E-A-R-M-E dot com slash PCPer and start the enrollment there. 
then you complete your enrollment by going to any one of these 50 plus clear locations. And the enrollment at the location only takes a couple of minutes. You show your ID, you scan your fingers, look at the little retina sensor, and then you're all set. You can start using clear immediately. Also, once you're a clear member, up to three additional family members, adult family members can be added at a discounted rate. And if you have children, uh, your children under 18 traveling with you, they can get through for free as well. Clear has saved me a ton of time. I'm a full paying member. I've loved this service. If you travel frequently, you have to get it. There's just, there's just no reason not to because it saves hours. I've been at airports where I get there, I'm a little bit late, I'm stressing out. The security line is 100 people long. I go right up to the clear line. I don't have to get my wallet out or anything. I just, I show them my boarding pass on my phone, tap my fingers on the sensor, and I go right through security. And it's, it's incredible. It's, it saves so much time and stress. And that's really what it's about is, is saving, saving that time, saving that stress, because traveling is stressful enough. Don't add to it. You know, make sure that you are going to be taken care of, that you don't have to worry about long security lines. Clear's made an immediate improvement to my travel experience, and we want you to try it for yourself. Clear is giving PC Pro listeners two months for free, absolutely free to try it out. Uh, just go to that, uh, that website address, clearme.com slash pcper that's c-l-e-a-r-m-e dot com slash pcper and if you enroll through that link that lets them know that that you heard about them through us and we really appreciate that and once you're signed up there you get two months for free so if you're a frequent traveler like i said you've just gotta gotta try it and even if you've only got one or two trips coming up uh, you know the remainder of the summer still get the free enrollment try it for free for two months you can travel and use the service as much as you want within that two months and uh, it might just, it might save your day. It might save you from missing a flight. It might save you from missing the kickoff, whatever. Check it out, clearme.com slash PCPer. We thank Clear for their support of the PC Perspective podcast. All right, uh, back to the show. And uh, as we were alluding to earlier, we've got some talk about PCIe 4.0. Obviously, the biggest factor with PCIe 4.0 is storage. Uh, there, you know, there are PCIe 4.0 graphics cards like the uh, 5700 series Radeon cards Sebastian was talking about earlier, but storage is really where it's at, at least in this initial uh, iteration. And there's a couple of uh, drives that came out. They're all based on the same Fizon controller, but there's drives from a number of companies and they've started to hit reviewers' hands and we're starting to get some reviews. And I guess, you know, to sum this all up, yes, they're fast. Yes, synthetically on paper, these drives from Corsair and Gigabyte and um, Sabrent and I think, what, how many of them are there? Seven, eight drives uh, out on the market now. Uh, they're fast on paper. Real world, depending on your workload, may not be that much faster than a fast traditional PCIe 3.0 NVMe drive. But but it will cost you, know. you twice as much. Uh, well, not maybe. Quite. Maybe not. No, some of these okay. Drives, Exaggerating a bit. But, so, some yeah. of these drives at, at the one terabyte level, they're, they're, you know, they're higher than their non. Yeah. yeah. It's 239. Yeah. Oh, I haven't seen it down that low yet. A, a couple of the two terabyte versions though, are actually cheaper than like their, you know, Evo Samsung Evo counterpart at that, at that capacity. Yeah. So the prices aren't anywhere near as bad as I thought they'd be. Uh, but they are power hungry and hot and practical benefits may be limited at this point. Yeah, I you know I, I tweeted out earlier today. The good news about these uh, Fizon E16 controllers is that they support PCIe 4.0, and you get uh, you know uh, sequential speeds of reads of you know five gigabytes per second, right? Five, yeah, five gig. Yep. 
per second. And then writes of four gigabyte per second. But when you start, you know, breaking it down, essentially they added on a a PCIe 4.0 Fi. I think that's the correct term. Uh, to their their current, you know, SSD NVMe controller. And so you get these fast straight line speeds, but the weakness is is it's slower in a lot of workloads that are more kind of desktop oriented um, than like the Samsung 970 Evo, or is it the 960 Evo? Well, whichever one, 970, 970. is is the is the latest, and the Evo Plus. Um, you know, those are overall faster SSDs. But they just don't have that blazing write and and read speed that the uh, Fizon does. But you know who who copies you know big zip files and game folders and whatnot from drive to drive all the time. It's you know it's it's uh, usually these these traces are a lot more complex, and so you're not gaining a whole lot in your everyday workplace. But you know still being able to benchmark it and see five gigabyte per second reads that's Still impressive. So, you know, you take the good with the bad, and you've got a better overall product, and it's interesting and driving a lot of discussion online. I think as it matures, we're going to see significantly more solid performance. Like uh, this is Fizon's first uh, PCIe 4.0 uh, controller. So, and, and it was a bit of a rush, I think, to market. At least it feels that way. So as we see this mature, uh, just like we did um, with the original batch of NVMe-type drives, th- there's a significant difference between the 970 and the previous versions as it matured. And it, with the new PCI Express, the, the ceiling is so much higher if you can reach it that you know, you've know you got a lot of room to move. But then again, you know, as Josh is pointing out, how often are you moving a 100-gig Steam library from drive to drive? I, if you're recording live 4K, 8K video, this is absolutely brilliant once you get to it. But for the most of us, it's it's a lovely little thing to have, but you're ever going to really stretch it. Yeah. The thing I'm excited about with PCI 4 is with storage, you could have by 2 drives with the same performance as a PCIe 3 by 4 drive. So you could yeah. free up PCIe lanes or have more SSDs on the same number of lanes. And I'm sure that's going to be a lot more interesting on like the server side of things. But just for a home user, not having to devote four whole lanes off of, say I wanted to use only my P- my CPU lanes for something, or I'm not, say I'm running an X370 or X470 board with a new Ryzen processor. I don't have those extra lanes coming off the chipset. So it would be nice to be able to just go out and pick out a really fast, like 3,000 megabyte per second Gen 3 drive on a on two lanes. I don't know if that's possible if they can come out with by two versions or if, I mean, electrically it would have to be by two, I guess. You couldn't really have it step down to by two with the same performance, but I guess if you did like a by two. Yeah, there, will, there drive, will be probably less expensive devices, yeah. just like my digital SSD had a, uh, a by two PCIe 3.0 that less expensive in most workloads. It was just as fast. It's just that when you started to get into that sequential stuff that, you know, slower than the full by fours. Yeah. Well, we'll happily make the same sacrifice with QLC memory too. 
or QLC Frosh. Certainly a lot cheaper, but it is slower in a lot of things. Yeah, yeah once also, you reach a certain point, then yeah, that, that yeah. performance in QLC drops down pretty pretty dramatically, as Jim notice. can attest. Yeah, everyone always gives me crap. Well, everyone being mostly Alan Malventano, I always get a text oh, okay. message from him. Right. I, I just I feel like you make everybody sad when you talk about how QLC is so slow. I can see why Alan might have a, a bone to pick with you. No, and I, I don't. I mean, QLC is is. Well, works for Intel. It's well, it, QLC is very slow in a certain workload that I happen to use a lot, and that the people uh, I talk to happen to use a lot, and that's and, and and that's not necessarily well known, or at least it hasn't been. And uh, I just don't. I, I mean, I was surprised when QLC drives first came out at how bad uh, sustained write was. Because it is, it is literally slower than a dense mechanical hard drive. You know, some of these drives can go to 250 megabytes a second. A QLC drive is going to go 100 to 150 megabytes a second. So it's worth noting in those areas if you do that. But 95% of the market probably isn't, isn't going to be affected by that. But regarding the, you know, the, the questionable value of PCIe 4.0 storage for common workloads... Um, it's it's good because you know these Ryzen three thousand processors will run on X four seventy and B four fifty boards and in some case three hundred series boards, and one of the big draws for going to that much more expensive, harder to find X five seventy board was PCIe four point for storage. And so if that's if you know if, if I, and don't get me wrong, we're going to get there. We're going to get to the point as you guys have said where this makes more sense. But if you don't want to spend the money for X five seventy, you know this is another reason you don't have to. You know get that Ryzen three thousand processor keep your X470 board or buy a cheaper one and, and just, you know, hang out on that for a, a generation or so until there's better performance, more controller options for PCIe 4.0 storage. I've, I've got a rebuild going on my main machine here pretty quick. And, uh, you know, I've been saving this one for it. And this is, you know, it's a BPX yeah. Pro and it's PCIe 3.0 and it's plenty fast for what it is. And it's 960 gig drive. And, you know, I got this thing in today. And Ooh. it's not as exciting to me to like think, well, maybe I should just get a Max 570 board and, and put that in my main machine. It's like, why for what I do? I mean, this is going to be the, the testing drive, and I will unpackage some of this later because it's actually really kind of interesting packaging for this. But, yeah, I mean, that's kind of the last thing that i can say on on that pcia 3.0 stuff is is not going to die they're plenty fast for what you do i mean the the 970 evo plus or the second generation whatever they call it i mean it's still one of the best performing nvme ssds on the market it just doesn't have that straight line speed and let's not go into any car analogies please we got to say you know years ago Years ago, when I was foolish enough to buy a Toyota Prius, this was 2005, uh, that thing could go 100 miles an hour. It just took a really long time to get there. <laughs> I think I got up to like 103 in it. All right. Well, let's uh, let's keep this podcast moving along at a good, good pace. Uh, we've got some news from NVIDIA this week that they're expanding their experience software. NVIDIA's been doing a lot with software. They've got, you know, the, this different driver uh, for creative and gamer uh, drivers, and they've got their studio certification program now for laptops. And now they've announced a beta program for the Quadro experience, 
which is, uh, you know, if you've installed a NVIDIA graphics card in the last however many years, seven years or five years, how long has experience, GeForce experience been around? It's a number of years. But uh, if, you, uh, if you're familiar with that, the GeForce experience software, they're coming out with a Quadro experience software tailored for users of Quadro cards. And this is going to do things like uh, help you with uh, optimized drivers, uh, or to, you know, help you sh- show you what drivers you're running and what what can be optimized. Uh, presumably, although none of us have seen this yet, they're just accepting beta applications at this point. But presumably, there will be application-specific settings and recommendations to help you fine-tune performance for your card, just like they do for games in GeForce Experience. Uh, there's they've touted things like uh, easy streaming, uh, so you can do sort of a if you're you know Scott like. Scott Michaud here, he, he occasionally will go on like Twitch and stream as he's working on something in Blender or Unity. And there's plenty of ways to do that right now, but this software would have another option for you to, to do sort of a streaming and, and uh, audio and, and video streaming straight out of the app kind of thing. So, you know, like I said, we have to wait and see what this is going to be because we, we don't have it in hand yet, but uh, you can head over to the uh, NVIDIA website where they've got the sign up now. So you put your email in and then they said they'd start sharing more information on how to get that beta software in the next couple of days. All right. So uh, another news story here is that uh, Epic, the Epic Games, uh, what do they call it? Epic Mega Grants, which was a program they launched back in March at GDC. It's a, a program where they're donating money to various causes. And uh, one of the re- most recent recipients of their donation is a $1.2 million donation to the Blender Foundation which of course makes the free uh, Blender uh, rendering software. And uh, so they've got this $1.2 million uh, grant that they, apparently they can use it for anything as long as it goes towards improving the software. So that's good. And uh, I know Scott was uh, very eager to to share news because he does use this, uh, that in addition to this grant, Blender is about to hit a version, I believe it's 2.8 or 2.80. Uh, it's in release candidate status right now. The uh, I think it's RC one now, RC two soon, and 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 uh, full release within days, if not we or weeks, if not days. Uh, and it's a, a completely revamped UI. Uh, I don't use Blender. I was talking to Scott about this in our Discord before this. I don't I don't use Blender, so I, I'm not really familiar with all the features. But but Scott's a big Blender user, and he's very excited about the changes coming there. So. If you're a Blender user, you probably already knew about this, but if you're looking for a good uh, 3D modeling app, and it also does some some video editing features too. There's uh, video editing uh, capabilities built in. Uh, Head over and check out those uh, release candidates for Blender 2.8 and uh, stay tuned for the full release soon. And any of you guys use Blender? For benchmarking. Yeah, that's the only time (laughs) I've ever used it. I I load a predefined benchmark file and time the render time. (laughs) That's my extent of my blender experience plus they have a handy uh, standalone benchmark app now that does bmw and classroom together and you can get like the individual times and the cumulative time at the end oh is that is that an official uh yeah app or oh okay yeah it's the blender benchmark 1.0 beta i think i downloaded it yesterday Hmm. works fine although for some reason i'm getting much longer bmw 27 times than i was with the standalone bmw in blender 2.8 release candidate so i don't know what's going on with that. interesting okay yeah i've i've thus far only ever just loaded the files manually and timed them but but all right we'll check that out if you're a blender user uh next up uh there's a story about a a russian company a russian game accessory company called uh what is it red square that's ominous 
and they've got a new gaming mouse out. It's the Dark Project ME2. Uh, it's a new gaming mouse. So Jeremy wrote this up for us. But what's uh, what's the exciting thing about this, Jeremy? Well, the the nice thing about it is that essentially you get everything you want. Uh, you get the the nice PixArt sensor, RGBs, all sorts of lovely things for fifty bucks. So you're getting what many companies are charging you a hundred or so for at about half the price. And you can also, you know, point out that you get a mouse that no one has ever heard of before. It's also ambidextrous. So they designed it. It's perfectly symmetric. You get those two thumb buttons on both sides, which is nice for regardless of which handed you are. But if you're one of them lefties, it's a perfect choice. And again, usually you have to pay a fair amount for it. The only thing you're going to miss out on is if you're really into uh, adding weights to your mouse. This doesn't have it. But, I mean, you could always glue something to it if you really felt like it. But other than that, it offers everything you want. Uh, the 1,000 megahertz polling rate up to 1,200 DPI or 12,000 DPI. And it's significantly cheaper than a lot of the other things on the market that have the equivalent. And besides, it's red square. So that just makes it funny to me somehow. I had never heard of them, but apparently in that Tech Power Up review, they say they're a, a fairly large, well-known uh, accessory firm in, in Russia. Hopefully there won't be any special investigations into their influence in the PC gaming accessory. The, the influence of you Russia. You might want to disassemble it and look for chips. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, check out the full review of that if you're interested over at Tech Power Up. We have the link uh, in the show notes for the, uh, the podcast here. All right. I think so. I saw Sebastian prepping something for this. Uh, yeah. This is uh, a new uh, stand slash audio card, audio device slash wireless charger slash USB hub from yes. Cooler Master. The Cooler Master it's everything GS you never thought you needed to have on your desk. Sorry there to you talk over you. Yeah, well, this Cooler Master. Okay, it's. I'm working on a quick review of this, uh, and they sent along a, a headset just to use as an example. But this is kind of interesting because in addition to being as you say, it's it's essentially a headphone stand. This part of it is aluminum, aluminum. This base is kind of a multifunction thing. It has a 3.5 millimeter audio jack on it. So what you can do with that is not only just play audio from your computer through the USB connection on the back of this, it has its own DAC, so it also has its own audio processing capabilities, and you can do simulated surround sound so whatever headphones you plug into it any two channel headphones can become simulated surround headphones we've seen some of the gaming headsets come with their own dongle that does the same thing so that dongle is built into this like jim said it's also a usb hub it's got two usb 3.0 ports on it i mean it has rgb it has wireless charging for your phone which is kind of nice seven and a half watt charger for iphones and i think it's i have the box is far away, but I think it's it's much higher for Android, depending on the phone. Yeah, 10. But Or was it 5 and 7? I think, it, yeah, it's, well, it's 7.5 and, and something. I think that was higher, yeah. I thought. You can see it turns green when it's charging your phone. It starts glowing green. This is an iPhone 10 that's sitting on it right now, charging just fine. And I don't know. I mean, it's I, I struggle with the price. It's funny because Cooler Master is one of those companies where a lot of the stuff they offer tends to be cheaper than the competition. There's a lot of sub $100 Cooler Master cases, sub $70, sub $60 cases, and they have inexpensive gaming headsets that sound pretty good, 
but then this comes out at $79 and at some point, I don't know. It's if you like the, the mix of things that it has, it's interesting, but at $79 is kind of a tough sell because it is like a headphone stand plus something that would be probably pretty inexpensive on its own just by a surround dongle. But it has RGBs and you get it all in one package and it has this nice thing to wind your cable around integrated into it and stuff. You said it's a headphone amp as well that, that does 3D effects? Yeah. It'll do surround, simulated surround. I haven't installed the software yet. I haven't gotten that far. As a USB, yeah, because I'd, I'd be kind of interested in, in what kind of uh, power you know it can it can push out. You know what? You should have been the one to review this, Josh. Why would why would I do anything like that? I've got too many things <laughs> to review. And I'm, I'm looking at the specs here on the Cooler Master website. It says it's up uh, Qi charging up to ten watts. So it's it's those Android okay uh, fast charge devices up to ten, and then iPhone at seven point five. So this Galaxy S9 Plus should charge really fast on this thing. Price notwithstanding, this is actually kind of a really good idea and a concept. I mean, we, we only have so much space on our computers. A lot of people game with their headphones anyway, so you've got a stand here that provides 3D audio, 7.1 surround stuff. You've got extra little bling in there. It's a charger. It's a place to hang your headphones. That's a really good idea. Josh, yeah, I, uh, Cooler Master is online too. They're interested in a technical marketing yeah. <laughs> position. <laughs> now, I, if we could find some actual, you know, things like, uh, you know, SNR and, 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 you know, if, if it's an auto sensing of, you know, how many ohms your, your headphones are, that would be really nice to have that kind of information. Yeah, I don't think this is a particularly high-end or high... I don't think they're marketing Probably as a not. high-end audio uh, audio processor. And, but I've, I've seen uh, devices like this from a number of companies that kind of include some of this functionality. There's definitely a number of RGB-enabled headphone stands. There's ones that do wireless charging. There's ones that have USB hubs. I don't think I've seen one that does audio, char- wireless charging hubs, and, and all, everything all together in one. Uh, prior to this, but uh, but yeah, if you if you're out in the audience and you've seen something like this uh, that does all this stuff, well, leave a comment, let us know. Uh, so yeah. maybe Sebastian can roll in sort of a comparative uh, component into his review. Because yeah, that's, that's the kind of this is, this is the first time I've heard of something that has all of that stuff. Yeah, and at just first glance, I'd say you know seventy nine bucks, that's not too shabby. Well, Especially those, you look at what nineteen to twenty five bucks for a reasonable wireless charger for your phone. Yeah, yeah, twenty twenty is pretty normal yeah. for and and then you have to look at you know does it do seven point five watts? Some of yeah. them might only be five or you know it's as a wireless charging base you're getting like you said about twenty dollars in value on that compared to something like like a Chiotech product on Amazon that's like fifteen bucks, but. And your headset always falls off of that anyway, so. The kitty decided to join me. She's licking herself in the other chair. You may not be able to see it. Zoom in. Well. Hey, kitty. Rainy. But uh, let's keep moving on. We've got another news story. Uh, G-Skill's out with memory. Uh, Now, obviously, uh, Ryzen 3000 has improved the memory situation significantly. uh, And... 
but we, you know, we've still got companies targeting, you know, ready for Ryzen or made for Ryzen. And uh, one of those is, is G-Skill. They've got the new Trident Z Neo DDR4 memory. And uh, this is a, a, a range of memory uh, from as low as 2666 in terms of frequencies up to 3600. And uh, timings from down as low as 14 to, it looks like 18 at some of the higher speeds there. And we've got the, uh, if you're listening on the audio, we've got the list of the, the various specifications here at the site. So we'll have a link there in the show notes. No pricing yet, of course. Pretty good memory uh, that will hit the optimum settings, the optimum speeds for for Ryzen. And uh, it's, you know, it's RGB. It's got a nice design. It's, it's RGB, but it's not ostentatious, kind of, you know, it's it's not some of that crazy memory Sebastian had for his review. Uh, what was that called? The um, The gold ones with the diamonds? Uh, let's uh, see. The Trident Z Royal. Yeah, the Royale. Look at those fingerprints. Look, at, look oh how beautiful God. these. Completely Uh-oh, devoid of fingerprints. Oh, see, I'm upstage by the kitty. Of course you are. Well, she, she came over to visit. She's... Well, that's kind of holding her funny. So, hey, kitty, what's that on the screen? What's that on the screen? Look, it's hey, you? Shiny. Yeah, there you go. Kitty, That'll get her insane. attention. Hey, look. Is that, one, <laughs> is that 1.2 volt on the 3600 accurate, or is that a PR typo? Uh, oh, that would be really low. See, Make Well, it it's highlighted. I don't know what that means. Hmm. But, um, yeah, you know, memory problems, memory problems can be a tough pill to swallow, but G-Skill hmm. might have the one for you with the new Neo memory. God, I hate memory. I was so no, happy I, when, still... when XMP and AMP came out and uh, solved a lot of the just garbage work, and damn you. introduced other okay. garbage. Well, where's at least where you is have the more AMP? consistent garbage? Hmm? Where are the dims coming out with AMP? Uh, you know, I've got a set here. Um, but I mean, like this this new stuff, like this just has XMP profiles, and so does the. Uh, yeah, that's G-Skill, uh the, the G- that I have or flare X. Jill. Jill oh, has Jill. Uh, amp. It's the Ryzen version. I have not had this running at thirty six hundred successfully on X five seventy yet. And I've had numerous issues with the board behind me running XMP profiles above Pay your BIOS. I, I I can't if there isn't a newer <laughs> one. I'm on the newest one available and it's from July 5, and it will not boot the ultra-compatible AMD-specific 3200 memory that I've been using on an X470 board flawlessly. It's 3200 CL14. It's pretty low-latency memory, and it, it won't boot. It boots at, it'll run at 2400 just fine. I've been running it at 3000 just fine, but 3200 at CL14, if I do the sub-timings, then it starts to get problematic i've had a couple of blue screens so i guess i don't get my 14 14 what is it 14 14 14 34 or something mm, that's tight and uh, spe- speaking of updating bioses i don't think we have a news story on it but we should probably mention too there's uh the news is out that amd is offering upgrade um or no i'm sorry what, what do they call it up update kits upgrade kits Upgrade kits, yes. and so if, if you've yeah. got one of those older uh, 
three and 400 series boards that needs a BIOS update to run Ryzen 3000 and you don't have one of those older processors to do it, they will send you out a loaner 2400, Athlon 2400G and thermal material and you can pop that in your board, boot it up, do the upgrade and send the processor back. So uh, a nice little kit. Now, obviously I, we don't, we haven't tried that yet. We don't know how easy that is to use. Are they shipping quickly and the process there, but it's uh that's going to be an option. It looks like so worth looking into if you're stuck on a board that doesn't have the correct bios. Please tell me they, call, they called it DOS boot kit. A missed opportunity, but all right. Uh, the next news story we've got is uh, some news about Windows. And uh, if you've been paying attention to Windows updates, obviously the 1809 update last fall was a bit of a mess. And uh, <laughs> Jeremy laughs. Uh, that poor bastard has it worse than most of us, uh, having to support uh, people. But uh, it looks like as we roll through these Windows updates, the, uh, a version is going to be running out of support and Windows or Microsoft is going to force you to, to upgrade. So t- tell us what's happening here, Jeremy. Uh, Windows 10 is hitting end of life before Windows 7. Well, technically one, true, but not exactly it, accurate. Yes. One part of Windows 10. So on November 12th, uh, the old spring 2018 is hitting end of life. What that means is that Microsoft has returned to the pop-up saying, Hi, we're updating you. So there is no yes, there is no no, we are doing it. You can beg to hold it off, and as it stands right now, you'll be able to do so for 35 days after you first saw that warning, at which point, like it or not, you're going to join the rest of us on this May 2019 update. You get to skip the fall one altogether, which is really good, because that was one that they might have considered trying to do this with but definitely are never going to because they want to forget it about as much as we do at this point it's of course being sold as you know for your security we are ensuring that you're getting the, the latest windows updates and that any of the problems that existed before we're going to fix but as many people have found it means you just save everything all the time because sooner or later your computer is just going to say hi, I see you're working on a very important document and you forgot to upload it to the cloud for the last hour. See ya, I'm upgrading. We'll see if this actually lasts. Uh, The feedback has been incredibly negative every single time this has happened. So it may be that you do get a chance to abandon it. There's some interesting registry edits that you can do that would probably reset the timer or prevent you from getting that pop-up in the first place. On the other hand, I mean, spring 2018 wasn't, that brilliant of an update that you want to stick with it forever. Uh, I totally understand you wanting to skip the fall, but you know, we've been working with this May 2019 updates for a few months, not really since May, but a few months and it's pretty stable. It's not bad. You might even want to consider doing it now so that you don't end up under the gun being forced to. Yeah. 1903. Right. Right. 1903's had a, I've, I've had a few issues, uh, but it hasn't been catastrophic. No. Um, but uh, I've also noticed too that the updates are not as bad as they've been in the past. Uh, for example, we our our shared Plex server is on Windows because we're idiots, and uh, it's there was a period in earlier versions where I'd suddenly get a bunch of text messages that Plex is down, Plex is down. 
And I go in to realize that it had rebooted itself without warning. Haven't had that happen in a, you know, almost a year now. It's, it's, it still nags you to death, but it, it doesn't seem to force you to reboot, at least on, on the Win 10 Pro that we're running there. So maybe a little they bit. They seem to have figured out people dislike it. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, so check that out. If you're, if you're running an older version, look at your options now so that you're not stuck when, when the time runs out. All right, I think we've got our last news story here. This is a uh, an update to the NZXT build service. This isn't new. Uh, build B is a, a stylized BLD. And this is something NZXT un- unveiled, I think, at the end of 2017. I think it's been a, uh, at least a year now. But basically, uh, it's their sort of custom building configurator. You go to their website, and you can put together a NZXT-based system and they'll put it, they'll build it for you and ship it to you. And the limit is, of course, you're, you've got limited choice in terms of parts. They're obviously going to focus on NZXT cases and coolers. But what's cool about it is you can go to their site and instead of just picking out a part, you can say, I want to play these three games. And it will tell you what parts to pick to get acceptable frame rates at a certain resolution. So you can say, I play these three games at 1440p. I want to hit 60 in all of them. And they'll say, okay, here's your build. And What's new here is they've released a new a bunch of new uh, baseline systems called Starter and Streaming based on Ryzen processors. However, as of now, the systems that are there are all Ryzen 2000 based, and there's not even an op- not even an option to upgrade to the 3000 series if you go into like the advanced configurator part. So yeah, yeah. The the prices are not bad. Um, you basically pay retail, and then they charge a ninety nine dollar assembly fee. So it's not terrible in term as far as like you know built to order systems go. But you may you, know, you just you may want to hold off and see if they switch to three thousand once uh, this two thousand inventory runs out because it'd be an awful shame, you know, to put put a bunch of money down on a twenty seven hundred X system when you could go out and get a 3600X, which is performing pretty close to that 2700X, or go go up to one of the higher-end Ryzen 3000s as well. But they do still fill a purpose. I mean, mm-hmm. I was looking at it, and as I'm writing up, I'm like, wait a second, that's a 2, not a 3. What, what are you trying to pull over my eyes here, guys? But looking into it, you know, it's if you're a first-time person, like first-time want to buy your first pc or you've had hand-me-downs and it's finally at the point you're going to buy one and you're you know fairly younger so you've got the attention span of a mayfly it's actually a decent thing if you order one of these and complete your entire order pay for it and get it ready to be configured and shipped before 11 a.m pacific monday through friday it ships that day so you're literally impulse buying your brand new machine and it will depending on where you are be there within a day or the next day that is actually kind of impressive to me uh if you order a little bit later in the day it'll ship the next it'll still ship within 48 hours you just don't get that uh like even when i'm putting piecing together my system it comes in slowly over the course of weeks or months if i'm sitting and waiting to uh, get a good deal on a system or on a system piece. So if you've got very little attention span, a thousand dollars burning a hole in your pocket and you're not really sure what you're doing. So you want a case that you can open up, see into uh, shows you exactly like, Hey, this is how chemo management is done. 
Uh, this is how you set up a system. This is a system you can now upgrade. And because you bought it from us, you've got uh, tech support via chat for the two years of the warranty goes for. So no, you're not getting a kick-ass system. You're not getting the newest system. But if, if you're a novice at it, this is actually not a bad way of doing it. So I'm interested to see what happens over the course of the year. Like how soon before we get the Ryzen 3s in there? Very yeah. Soon. And uh, I've, I've never bought one of these as a customer. When we were at Computex, they had a, a table out with their some of their build systems. And obviously, they were, were going to showcase their really nice put-together ones. And they were. The cable management was great. It was a nice, clean build. Uh, everything you know was was perfect, uh, so I assume that's that's close to how they they'll go in in reality. But if anybody out there has purchased one of these and you know you want to leave some feedback for us, let us know what the actual customer experience is like. Uh, that'd be great because it is. Yeah, I mean the 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 prices are not not bad for a built to order kind of system configurator, but you are limited very not just in processors but. Overall, you have far fewer choices for each component than you do at like Puget Systems or Digital Storm or Main Gear or, or something like that. So, uh, but but you're gonna pay you're gonna pay more money at those other places too, uh, probably. Uh, for arguably worth it because they do beautiful work. But yeah, yeah. All right. Anybody got any other news they want to cover before we jump into the picks of the week? Uh, jump in. Uh, I'll start with mine. Uh, it's the. Um, oops. Sorry. Sorry, I was muted. I just said oh. that, uh, you know, these are available now. It's the uh, the 3600X. This is not my pick. I will go through that. But, yeah, this I, I finally got this in after a train derailed, and uh, I wasn't able to get this over the weekend to get any testing in. Really? But, yeah, Jeez. it's it's exciting to actually have a 3000 series in my hand. I mean, it's I'm, I'm going back to 1997 when I got my first Athlon K7. <laughs> What are you going to stick Exciting. it in? Hiding. What? What are you well, going to stick it in? Got three, I've got an X470 board that has an okay. updated BIOS that accepts the 3000 series, so I'm quite uh, quite happy. Eventually getting and you should a have a Tai Chi soon, I hope. Tai Chi. All right. Yes. <laughs> That's enough Moving that. along. <laughs> Picks of the week. Okay, so Mike, I think... What's wrong with that? It's what You, you have a problem with our, our kung fu skills. Yes. Tim, it's a great way to stay healthy. Apparently. It's good for your balance. Is uh, it? Yeah. It is. Okay. What your discipline is, yeah. Hey, if you can stand up while you're still moving that slowly, your balance is doing pretty good. I'm a, I'm a wannabe Wing Chun practitioner myself, uh, based on watching Ip Man a bunch of times, so I... I can do like some of the poses badly in the privacy of my own home. Oh, is, you is used to be able to Wang Chung. Is it Ip Man? Is that how it's pronounced? That, that's as far as I know. That's how they pronounce okay. it in the movie. Okay. Ip-mon. I, I haven't, I haven't what, seen what it. What about Kung Pao? You need to see it. It's Donnie Yen, man. Mm. Donnie Yen is the man. I, I do like Donnie Yen, yep. But I, whenever I saw that movie title, I always said in my head, IP Man. It, <laughs> So, oh boy. Yeah, I know. I'm intellectual. It is IP, man. Yeah, I'm a man of yeah. culture. But uh, picks of the week. Okay, so Yipsy my pick. Yipsy foo. Let's go. All right, come on. Uh, Drunken boxing. Don't make me mute you if I could figure out how to birdie, do that. Birdie, 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 tiger. Okay. Tiger, tiger. 
So my pick, uh, we've Are talked we? about it before, but when we talked about it, I hadn't actually used it yet because they were still doing the beta signup, but I finally got access to it. And that is the uh, GOG Galaxy 2.0 beta. And uh, I've been playing around with it for a few days here and it's pretty cool. Uh, the whole point of this is that it's not just GOG games, but it's acting as sort of a centralized manager and launcher for games from pretty much everywhere, including your console games like Xbox Live. Uh, there's no PlayStation integration yet. Hopefully that might come at some point. But basically you sign up, log in, and start connecting your various services. So you can connect to Xbox, Uplay, Origin, Steam, and it goes out and brings in all your games. And depending on the APIs that are available for each service, it'll bring in friend lists, it'll bring in uh, achievement uh, status and uh, playing time, things like that. And it provides this nice... Uh, central list for you to uh, to bring your games together. I think I have it running here. Let me uh, switch to the actual client if I can figure that out. So this is uh, the actual client here, and I've got GOG, Xbox, Origin, Steam, and Uplay set up. And I guess across all these platforms, I've got 1,323 games, and uh, it's got nice art. Uh, some of the art, depending on the game, it doesn't bring in for whatever reason, but you can manually set art for any game. You can hide games. Uh, you can, if it's, if it matched it incorrectly, you can force it to match to a different game. And do, uh, do you have a list of games that you have not actually played? Uh, do I have a list? Sid no. Meier's colonization. I mean, I've, I've not played a lot of these games because a lot of these came over from the PC per accounts. Siberia? Uh, stuff like that. And, and and there's duplicates too, because so like this is the GOG version of DEF CON and this is the Steam version of DEF CON. And you can manually hide one, but something like a smart merging, you know, would be nice where it detects that you've got the same game in multiple places and only shows you one entry in your list. Um, but you can browse through the games, pick a game, launch it regardless of, of client. Uh, now for the console stuff, it doesn't do that, but it shows you still your progress and your friends and achievements and things like that. You can see, um, you know, like the GOG store has really nice video previews and screenshots, and it uh, it allows you to see that kind of stuff for games that aren't part of GOG. It's like, this is a Steam game, but I'm still getting the overview and the screenshots and uh, and stuff like that. You can create custom filtered uh, lists and uh, keep track of your friends lists all to all sort of merged together. So it's it's still beta. There's still a few things that aren't aren't quite perfect yet. But it's it's a pretty nice uh, all-in-one kind of uh, interface for managing all these various clients that are that are uh, exploding everywhere. It, it also supports uh, Epic, uh, the Epic Game Store client as well. So if you don't want to use that client, you can still see your games here. Now you you do use the client in the sense that once you choose to launch a game in another client, it will auto auto go out, launch that client, launch the game, and then you can configure it to quit the client once you've quit the game and returned to GOG Galaxy. So, uh, you know, they're, they're rolling out the beta slowly. I, I, some people have, you know, said they've signed up immediately and still haven't gotten in. We've talked to their PR people and they're just being extra careful about rolling it out. So head over to the website there. We'll have the link in the show notes and sign up if you're interested and uh, hopefully it won't be too long before you can get your hands on it. Well, but, they're not the worst at that. I mean, I swear on my origin client, I've got eight copies of Peggle somehow. Um, and no, yes. I have not ever played it. Uh, I've had, there's lots of different, um, uh, lots of duplicates in my, in my library. And, uh, yes, Peter in the chat, uh, I have played Cuphead, although I played it initially on Xbox 
uh, with my son. Well, not with my son, but I mean, he was there. I, he, it's too, too, too advanced for him. He's only six, but or just turned seven. But uh, he loved the. It's a perfect style. time for bullet hell. Yeah, he, he loved the look of it. So I played it on the console up in the living room, and he watched me and liked it. So, but that is a beautiful game. The artwork it is. In it that is. is is tremendous. Yep. Yeah, it's you wouldn't think cool that. Game. Just it's like, oh, this is kind of a side scroller. It's crappy. Blah blah blah. And then, buddy of mine, you know, bought it and he downloaded it on my wife's machine as we were having a gaming night. And he's like, oh, you got to check this out. And yeah, Cuphead is just the yep. art is fantastic. It sadly, I haven't seen a lot of it. Yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, you know, I, I don't like that style of play, but you're watching it and you're like, wow, this is like watching a 1930s really good animation type, you know, scene. It's just, yeah. it just is really, it's fantastic. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's a good, good job on it. And, and, and because it looks so good, it helps because it's so frustrating and you get so angry dying over and over again. And, and, but, but then you're like, oh, it's, but it's, that's so awesome. This looks so cool. It helps mitigate the anger and the rage. But, uh, but yeah. Um, and, and there are obviously there are tons of other, well, not tons, but there are m- many other multi service launchers out there. There's some that are open source, some that are proprietary. I've, I've played with a few of them here and there. So far, this has the best potential in terms of the speed of the, how, you know, it loads the thumbnails really fast. It, connects to all your services really easily it's you know highly customizable um but if you know if you're running if you're already running something else that's that's working for you that's that's fine too but uh check this out if you've never used anything like this before but uh moving on to jeremy's pick uh, he's got uh something that'll make some canadians happy guess what's in stock up here in the great white north Ooh, even the 3700x because the, the 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 some of the i sevens and the i fives, you know, you, you do spot them on Amazon and Newegg for the ten minutes that they're actually in stock for. But you know, at this point, thirteen are left in stock. What about so, the thirty nine hundred X? They have that too. Well, uh, this product is no longer available, and by that I mean, mm. well, it's. But they're confirming that uh, as of earlier last week. Uh, that they are going to be allocated and shipping, which okay. is crazy because you can't really get your hands on them. I would yeah. be really and curious to find out who is buying a lot of these 3,900X. Are they enthusiasts? Are, yeah. are they people who, you know, like for myself, I was talking to our uh, our AI machine learning guy, and he was asking me yesterday if if – did you want to go with like the the Threadripper twenty nine fifty or you know the new Ryzen three thousand series with the you know twelve core twenty four thread the thirty nine hundred X? It's like boy, that sure makes it's a tough choice, you know, isn't it? Thirty nine hundred X makes programming so much more easier because you've got one pool of memory to deal with rather than having to efficiently do things through NUMA, essentially. And so it's just, you got an IPC advantage, you, you've got, you know, a 95-watt TDP versus, you know, 225, 250. Um, yeah, I, I would be very curious that, you know, if, if some of these people who had been using these higher-thread uh, 
skews in in actual professional work, you know, probably like, okay, this 3900X, it's a pretty good deal for what you get and as many threads as you get and your IPC and you don't have to worry about NUMA anymore. Um, they've kind of solved some of the latency problems between CCXs as compared to the previous ones. I mean, it's just so many good things in there for professionals. And I'm curious if they're the ones really just grabbing them up as soon as they can. Uh, I want to take a quick break. I missed uh, a Patreon uh, pledge oh. earlier in the evening. Uh, Paul uh, Merlino, or Paul Merlino, I apologize if I'm mispronouncing that, just became a new patron. So thank you, Paul. Appreciate it. Cheers, no man. message there. Just just his name. Rock but, on, uh, brother. Thanks. Yeah. Cheers. And, we appreciate uh, you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right, Josh, you've got a pick for us. I I do. So... I picked this up this week. Well, I ordered it on Sunday because I had uh, like $150 worth of Amazon credit saved up. And I, you know, got in this little package today. And it's, you know, it's not terribly big, but it was really heavy. I was like, what? What in God's green earth is, is why? Why is this so heavy? And then I, I pulled it out and there's this, you know, copper type metal thing that they're storing the drive in and I open it up and it's got you know really thick foam around it and it's got the uh it's got your little you know thing that tell you where to screw it in and then you've got a, a covering that I think that you can use as a heat transfer thing or I don't know what the hell it is maybe it's a bookmark because it's got the little it looks like a bookmark yeah what's it does uh, it does the dangle and then the finally dangle. here's the actual you know nvme pcie 4.0 drive and it's it's attractive i mean they did a nice style job on the, the design it's that you know kind of copper sticker on top that does the heat transfer now this didn't come with the big big heat thing you've got to have a motherboard which has the bigger heat sink that goes over the m.2 Otherwise, they will sell you one for this for like an extra fifteen bucks, which is you know a pretty good chunk of metal. But yeah, the the board supposedly I'm I'm getting in here soon has has those covers, so it should be able to absorb that heat and transfer it nicely to the uh, to the memory for the most part. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm you know for two hundred and forty bucks you can have. A cutting edge PCI 4.0 drive that's pretty fast in pretty much everything you do. And let's pretty clarify much. for our audio listeners too. This is the Sabrent or is it Sabrent? Sabrent? Sabrent one terabyte rocket NVMe PCIe 4.0 drive for two two hundred forty bucks at Amazon right now. Yeah, and you know up until about eight weeks ago, that was really about the price of a fast one terabyte NVMe drive. And it isn't until recently that those have uh, gone down significantly in price. Heat but it's still, it's still pretty good. And it looks like you for $10 more, you can get the mega, the version yeah. with the mega heat sink. Uh, and then the two terabyte model uh, comes in at uh, $429.99 for the bare drive and $449 for the drive with the heat sink. So, and, and those prices, man, they're not, bad compared to uh pcie3 nvme you know high-end nvme drives at, at yeah those no, not at all 
Which I mean, the, uh, the 970 Pro still outpaces it in price dramatically. So, yeah. All right. Uh, and finishing up our picks of the week, we've well, got... Apparently, uh, the, there's a slick deals for 200 for that. Yeah. Gen 4, one terabyte. Oh, really? And it comes oh, so with dig it up. Pipes. Let's see. Can I yeah. copy cool this stuff. over? It's at, it's a, it's a, is it slick? Slick deals is just listing it here. Let's see. Oh, so it's a promo code. Yeah, it's a promo. It's still Amazon selling it, but it's a promo oh, code. Oh, okay. Why didn't I get those promo codes? Oh, I ordered too early. Yeah. Why? The Curses. Early adopters, I'm so dumb. Yeah, so the dumb. cost of early adoption. Um, hey, yeah. uh, are you still within your return window on Amazon? <laughs> Probably. Not that I advocate manipulating the system. But. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. But uh, finishing up here, we've got Sebastian with something different. Yeah. Slim hey, uh, I've been you. looking for some interesting T-shirts because, you know, doing podcasts and stuff. And I wear it pretty much. I mean, there's only so many Josh Tech T-shirts that you can buy. I know. And I haven't bought any yet. And I feel bad about that. However, if you go to Redbubble, which is not a sponsor, you can just search for whatever. And I was just kind of lost looking at Windows 95 and DOS and old game companies like that they've i i ordered a sierra shirt i haven't got it yet but just the, the old sierra logo with the mountain found an interplay shirt they've got stuff for pretty much anything you can imagine if it's sort of geeky and and or tech related or they got a bunch of interesting like doom shirts and all kinds of stuff but this well, is just one example of the shirt though hmm I don't know. They do have them, Sir. but they don't have the the one with the guy probably who's need hanging himself. I work. They have a number of lemming shirt. shirts, though, if you care. Oh! Some interesting ones, too. Clever. Uh, but yeah, this is just an example of one of the t-shirts I ordered the other day. It looks authentic. It's probably because it is. It's just somebody using like a PNG file and making making a shirt out of it. I'll see what the quality's like. I wonder, does Microsoft technically have a copyright on that or or a trademark on that that statement in that I don't style. know maybe is is it 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 looks like it's directly no, it's lifted a or else just simulated it yeah i mean but the orange on a black do you think microsoft is enforcing the copyright on it's now safe to turn off your probably computer that, from they, the, they they probably did not copyright that in the first place i've heard of crazier things being uh attempting to be uh covered under intellectual property one way or another so let me just say, if you go to Redbubble, you will see egregious breaches of intellectual property rights. Uh, it's like Etsy, but it's all T-shirts and and <laughs> like coasters and mugs. I found an American Megatrends BIOS mug that I almost bought, but it was seventeen ninety nine. So, uh, also the I chat have too is, many mugs. Uh, the chat chats uh, mirror, P- mirror PPC in the chat is saying that uh, no, it's not not copyrighted because um, BSD and Linux use that that phrase as well uh but hmm. but there, there might be a um uh what's it called a design patent on that specific look though like that phrase with the orange on the black slightly pixelated who knows are you sure you're That's not an attorney my font no i am certainly We're not reading on attorney. our parade jim i'm just i'm just wondering mm-hmm. i mean do you guys remember when those jackasses at fine brothers tried to trademark or react the word react mm. a couple years ago you know things no. happen on the internet they they went after anyone who was posting videos. I mean, a reaction video. Saying, yeah, basically saying X reacts to X. And 
it was uh despicable but hey all right well that's the show i should folks. introduce them to sodium and how it reacts to yeah <laughs> uh, uh thanks for joining us uh you can join us live uh, as we said at the beginning we record lives usually wednesday nights at 10 p.m eastern uh that's at pcpro.com slash live and you can sign up for our mailing list so you know when we go live that's at pcpro.com slash subscribe uh you can uh, if you don't join us live we still have the full show available the day after via uh, youtube on our website with the show notes and via your favorite uh, RSS-based podcast app. We've got video and audio versions of the podcast. Uh, you can find the subscription links there also over at our website, pcpro.com slash podcasts. And uh, we, uh, we thank you for joining us as always. I hope everyone has a great week. Well, we'll be back uh, with our regular show next week. And then I believe the week after that, we'll still have a show, but it probably is going to be audio only because I'm going to be out of town. That's Wednesday, the 31st. Uh, so it might be just an audio-only, not live-streamed show. But we'll have uh, the details uh, for that next week once we figure out what we're doing. But until then, everyone have a great time. We'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.